Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Level Up, the esports and gaming show with me, Nathan Bliss, esports and gaming writer at Reach PLC. In this week's episode, I caught up with Edgar Shakera, mental performance coach from Man City Esports, who's worked with Fnatic, Ace Roma Esports, Hashtag United and Excel Esports across a variety of esports, including FIFA, Valorant, Fortnite, Rocket League and many more. Edgar told me about the different techniques he uses to help esports players improve their mental performance and how each esport needs a unique approach. We also talked about how mental performance in esports is overlooked. We touched on how stereotypes around esports are changing rapidly and also discussed the similarities between esports and traditional sports in terms of mental performance. Edgar also revealed a few hints and tips that everyone can use to help improve their performance when gaming casually with friends. Enjoy! I'm delighted to welcome Edgar Chikera, mental performance coach from Man City Esports. Edgar, thank you so much for coming on this morning. Uh, how are you doing? You okay? Yeah, thanks for having me, Nathan. I am sensational. Um, yeah, everything's all good. I mean, I was going to introduce myself, but you've done most of the job for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I'll give you a bit of time now. Um, I mean, yeah, I introduced you a little bit, but Edgar, if you just want to give us a, a rundown of who you are and, and what you do, yeah, so as you said, I'm a mental performance coach, so I focus on the psychology um, or the psychological needs of the esports performance. So this can be motivation, confidence, even going down to your philosophy as well, certain beliefs and attitudes. And the main goal is to boost performance, but we also look into helping you actually be as a person. So what I mean by that is you're more than just a player. It's how are you as a person in terms of dealing with outside relationships as well and you know looking for your mental health and having daily schedules and you know the i think a well-known thing within um esports is that sleep is very it's, it's a very sticky situation because you have some people who sleep at 4 a.m or 5 a.m and then wake up at 3 or 5 p.m too so sometimes looking into that so it's a it's a mesh of a lot of things but with working with fanatic and excel and man city and hashtag united and as roma and so on it's been a really good experience for me learning the differences between or even the similarities between traditional sports and esports and really helping them perform and also finding out that they're more similar than um, I guess most people think. So it's been a very exciting journey and you know, I just love doing it and helping people basically become the best versions of themselves. And you, you mentioned there that you, you work with the esports athletes and traditional sports athletes, if you want to call them that. I mean, you've worked with powerlifters, you work with boxers, a, a number of other sporting disciplines. How, how different is it from esports and sport? Is, is there much difference in terms of what, what these athletes need from you? Um, surprisingly, not. Not as much. Um, it's a common question that I normally have uh, when people are talking about esports psychology. Because they think, you know, just because you're physically, the physical demands is a bit different. So within boxing, obviously, you're trying to punch and not be punched, right? And um, within powerlifting, it's more a lot of big physical movements as compared to esports. 
but they still have the same stresses. So stresses being of um, some people have to fly. Um, so dealing with like logistics and commercial like flights, logistics behind it. Some people have to worry about, you know, fans as well. Because I think some, some esports, they have a lot more of a fan base than some traditional sports. So looking at maybe um, Fortnite or Rocket League or especially like League of Legends, right? The amount of fans that are there and also helping them deal with that stress. You also think about that, you know, team esports and team traditional sports also are similar. Like you need to work with people. You need to be able to communicate with them. You need to be able to know how to manage people. You need to be emotionally intelligent as well. So the demands are actually a lot more similar than I think a lot of people maybe give it credit for. And um, it, it somewhat makes my job easier because there's research and more within traditional sports and esports. So it's easy for me to overlap it a little bit. But um, there's some unique differences, though. Like, let's say within esports, you're playing more frequently than you would be in traditional sports. Like, let's say um, when I went to E-Club World Cup in Milan last year, and the amount of games that you're playing was, con- was just a lot compared to maybe just one 90-minute game. So you have to deal with that along with big breaks in between certain games, too. So you have to mentally try and get back again into the zone after having like two hours or one hour break too so yeah there's a lot more complex uh, needs i think within some esports our regular listeners will know that i've often you know had this uh, had this discussion with people about esports and is it a sport and listeners will know that my view is that esports is definitely a sport and i've often referenced the mental aspect of it as uh, an argument as to why I think esports should be classed as a sport. So it's great to have someone with expertise and credentials to back up that argument um, yeah. as well. Um, I mean, what what's your view on that? Um, I know it's a very sticky one. I think it even goes down to the definition definition of a sport. It's so broad that it's... it's I, don't, I think it's difficult to say that this isn't a sport. For example, like you have chess, right? that's considered as a sport and also you have darts and you have snooker. So I think the big um, argument normally is like the physicality behind esports compared to, I guess, other more traditional sports too is different. But then again, you think about how much information you have to process as well, this decision-making. Also aspects of being a sport is obviously competing against other people, right? Um, And you do do that. And also prize pools too. Like people are playing for things like, for example, in Fortnite, they're playing for three million dollars in there, too, which is obviously a lot of money. But that's also a prerequisite or condition of some definitions of sport, too. Um, And I even wrote a blog about that, um, touching a bit about like the dimensions of what sport is and is esports a sport, Uh, because I do some blogs for psychology today. So just looking specifically within esports psychology and part of the blog actually talks about is esports a sport and addresses the different dimensions of the definition of a sport and why esports kind of fits into that. But even some, some people who are within esports actually don't consider it as a sport, but that's not to discredit. It's trying to, it's almost like saying it's its own beast in a way. Like essentially esports is quite big where it doesn't even need to worry too much about whether it's considered as a sport because it has such a big fan base behind it. Like they, some people just don't care whether you classify it as a sport because we're still performing in that way so it's a it's an interesting argument i guess counter argument as well within is esports sport or or not yeah that is interesting and you mentioned as well the fact that esports professionals often play a lot more games in a short period of time than traditional 
sports athletes would and yeah. I, i'd never considered that actually i mean you look at like you said like a, a, a tournament like the fifa e club world cup or the even the fifa e world cup the, the main one yeah. i mean players often have to play two three four five games in one day and when you when you think about the mental performance and the, the kind of mental strength that has to go into that that's much different than say if you look at football where they're preparing mentally for one 90 minute game and they have to get through that game and then once once they've got through that game they have to prepare for the next one but yeah. they've, they've often got time to prepare and to think but there's not that much time between the games is there in in fifa esports and yeah. in most esports really um is that is that just a different challenge for you to navigate oh it is yes yeah, definitely it's it's a it's an interesting one because when you have i guess in a sense when you have that many games you also need to consider that you're against different people so you also need to maybe adjust how you play against different people too, quite more often. I think this is more within FIFA than, let's say, um, League of Legends, because League of Legends, you have, um, you have basically on a Friday or a Saturday, you're against two teams, right? So Friday, one team, Saturday, another team, so you can kind of prepare, and then you have a week gap. But I think more within FIFA, because you're against so many different people so much more often and so frequently, it's trying to help them kind of build the confidence at least to know that they're able to you know, they have the skills to beat certain people and have a plan of action to beat certain people too. But I think maybe just dealing with like, you know, somewhat of a balance too, because if you're constantly playing the game and also this is not even including practice time too or practice hours and also weekend league, which is also a big draining task to do as a pro because you have weekend league, now you need to play friendlies, then you need to have the um, competitions. It's also trying to help them actually get some sort of a balance where they don't get burnt out, because I think burnout is probably a really prevalent thing within FIFA, um, because you are playing so often too, and because FIFA is a game, it's it's just it can take its toll because it's just so it's just so much so much time to dedicate to you know being the best in your craft. And um, what what is the difference between say FIFA where they're short games, aren't they? Short and sharp, yeah. really. In compare in comparison to say Fortnite or or League yeah. of Legends, they're they're much longer games normally, much longer competition. So how does that affect um, like focus and and how does that affect your job to try and try and get the players ready for that? Yeah, I think it might even less. I guess less so with focus and more so with um, the other demands around it. Because let's say if we compare League of Legends, Fortnite, and then FIFA, the the amount that you depend on your team differs. Because in League of Legends, you very much depend on each player. Each player has a certain role. So you've got mid, top, mid, um, bottom, jungler, and also um, support too. Whilst also within, um, I guess, Fortnite, you have, maybe if you're doing trios, right? In that case, you have a team of three but you don't depend on each other as much. So I think within games like League of Legends, you care more about your trust or your belief in the team being able to perform well. And also in games like League of Legends, it's more strategy-based. So now you need to think about, okay, um, how good is our decision-making? Or do we look long-term? And um, you know, what kind of roles do we have? And how do I fit a role? Can I accept my role? For example, some players might not want to be um, be playing maybe in the bottom bottom lane. They're more of a the mid lane player, right? And it's a case of trying to help the team understand and accept the roles that they have, and also understand what behaviors that they need to adhere to to perform at their best as a team. Um, but I guess in relation to focus, maybe um, I don't, from from my experience, um, focus wasn't too much of I don't know, it didn't seem too much of an issue, or maybe I just haven't been aware. 
that it's been too much of an issue or too too different from there. But I think it just it just matters about you know what is the player's individual level or ability to focus on. Because I always look at the individual more than the esport too, because you know you can have people in the same esport, but doesn't mean that they need the same needs because they're different individuals. Some people might be a bit more aggressive and need to target that, or some people might need to be um, a bit more focused, and some people might be might need to be a bit more confident. So I more often look at what's the individual need as opposed to what's the need of the esport itself. If that makes sense. Yeah, I suppose with focus, I mean it'd be. If if a player lacked focus, it would be pretty easy, like easy to see that because yeah. they would perform a lot worse than the other players. Because yeah. if you switch off in FIFA, for example, I mean mm. you've conceded a goal, haven't you? It's that quick, yeah. the gameplay. So I suppose that would stand out to you maybe um, yeah. with that. But um, with with the with mental performance, um, mm. and, uh, it's come into traditional sports a lot over the last few years, and we've heard like the Steve Peters, isn't there? Um, who yeah. was one of the big the big ones that I've, uh, he was like a couple of years ago but it's, it's becoming more prominent now do you think it's something that's overlooked within esports and sports in general yes and um i say that with my with my whole chest and with my whole heart within it because i i mainly know this because um so when i was in university and ed- learning about sports psychology and doing my bachelor's and master's um I know it's overlooked because the amount of times where you would reach out to organizations and they don't want it, even if you're given for free, kind of shows the space. Because I think there's also a stigma to it that makes it a bit overlooked too. Like they think that you're just sitting down and talking about your feelings for the whole time, which is far from the truth. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it is a bit overlooked, but I think that's also changing. Like you're starting to see now because with the success of having sports psychologists, having mental coaches in, people are starting to see that there is actually value within getting something like that um, more than just like having a motivational speaker. Cause also motivational motivation isn't the be all and end all of um, psychology and mental performance. That's only a little fraction of it too. It's a case of addressing psychological needs or deeper needs. And I think now people are being more exposed to it and being more aware of it as well. And um, I think if anything, I, it seems like esports is adopting it at a faster rate than traditional sports, maybe because traditional sports um, had, I guess, showed the blueprint of what can be done. But in my experience, I've had more organizations really open about it and like really keen on getting involved in understanding more about the psychology behind it, maybe because they're a bit more humble in a way, potentially, or maybe because they, they're competing at such a high level and at that level, they want every single inch they can get to be above the other team. So I think it's slowly progressing. But I still think it's somewhat overlooked and um, undervalued, um, unfortunately. But I think hopefully that's also changing with you know talks like this and with um, interviews with other athletes or esports athletes that have had you know this sports psychology or mental coach support. Yeah, I mean we we've we've seen like esports growing massively over the last few years, and it continues to grow at an incredible rate. And it's getting more professional as well. The the yeah. the bigger it's becoming, and the the higher the stakes, the more professional the athletes are getting. And yeah, I think it's moving so far away from that stereotype. I mean, if if I spoke to my one of like my nan and my granddad about esports yeah. and, and described it to them, they would think. <laughs> that stereotype of oh they're young kids 
playing yeah. in their bedroom with food all around them, like food all over them, like staying up till the really early hours in the morning, getting no yeah. sleep, waking up at one o'clock in the afternoon, like that kind of stereotype. And that's changing so quickly now. Yeah. Are you seeing that where you go into clubs and there might be a lot of players that are, you know, professional and that do understand that? But are there some are there some players that are still maybe stuck in that older generation where you need to to move them out of that and say, hang on a minute, staying up till three o'clock or four o'clock in the morning is not good for you. You need to do this and this yeah. for the for the performance. Yeah, um, there are definitely still some, uh, quite a handful, but there's also the others as well that are it's, it's becoming a bit more normal to have that daily routine and to care about your well-being and um you know your sleep health in a way and also just like general hygiene and looking after yourself but i guess a, a prime example is probably ryan Pessoa as well um in terms of his habits outside of esports as well and you know getting things organized and you know being a regular gym goer as well caring a lot about fitness um and also just general health and well-being and you're seeing that transform now into other esports like even going into excel um because they've created now this this approach where they have the opportunities to go to the gym and they have trainers and they have nutritionists too and mind you the nutritionist in excel is amazing because um or the chef at least from there because i had some of their food as well and it was just delightful so they're, they're getting on top of on top of things like that. But um, with, you know, organizations, they're really seeing the benefits of it and they're getting their, their eSport athletes to actually adopt it. And at points, the eSport athletes are like, yeah, you know, I don't know why I wasn't exercising or at least walking a bit more often because I feel a lot better. Or, you know, I actually slept earlier and I woke up earlier and I was actually able to do things during the day. And I didn't have to be a night owl, but... By all means, it doesn't mean that there's none, no, no professional esports athletes that sleep into late hours because it does happen. And also, you have to think about it's not even just being esports athletes; it's about being a teenager. Yeah, like, the, some of these yeah. guys are so young, aren't they? Like get, yeah. getting into and there's kind of massive sums of money on the line, and you, you well, they 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 must feel, feel so much pressure. So they must think oh, I need to stay up and and practice. You know, yeah. it's that I suppose they're trying to help, but they might be making things worse by sacrificing their sleep and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and and it just goes to show, like, so within esports, there's. There's not like a specific guideline to performance enhancement. I mean, we're, we're finding things and we're, you know, using traditional sport research into helping understand what would help esport athletes. But within esports and within, let's say, the ecosystem of esports, there's not too much that says, okay, you need to have XYZ to get a certain performance. So because of that, it means that everyone's kind of doing their own thing and seeing what works and taking this philosophy of, oh, okay, this is what works for me, so I'll just keep it. So unless something is broken, people won't fix it either. So sometimes it's a case of, okay, sleeping earlier will be better for you or walking or being more active will help you, help your brain mentally process certain things as well. And, you know, you're getting more oxygen to your brain as well, which means you can process things a bit better. But if they've been doing well without doing it, then that buy-in isn't really in there either. So they're going to be like, why do I need to bother like I'm really doing well without it? So, you know, so it means that, people won't adopt it as easily or as readily as maybe if, if you weren't having a good performance or were in a performance up, you'll look for everything under the sun to help you. And then that's when you start seeing people are seeing like, oh, okay, this actually does help me not from a performance level, but a personal level too. And so this is what I should start doing more often. 
And that's when you see people get into routines of eating well, sleeping well, and just being generally more healthy in a way. So if, if you went into an esports organization fresh, for example, and I was an esports athlete and I was struggling in terms of my performance uh, mentally, you could see I was getting frustrated during games and I was losing yeah. my head a little bit and I was struggling with my performance. What kind of what kind of techniques and what kind of things would you do to try and help me improve um, as an esports athlete? Yeah. So what I first of all do, um, and it's probably a boring answer here, is I need to understand the individual first. And an analogy is like, um, imagine you're, you're, you have car issues, right? And you just take it to the mechanic. And instead of the mechanic assessing what's wrong with the car, it just starts... It maybe just changes the tire, right? Or, or changes the oil, even though that's not the problem. So that's obviously the first approach I'll do. But let's say, let's say I already know what the issue is, right? Let's say it's with being tilted a bit easier. One thing I've been using a bit more is looking into a lot of more mindfulness, which basically says that the issue when people do perform is when they have certain emotions, they focus on that emotion during a performance. So you can imagine when you're performing, you want to focus on the task. Now, if you're feeling a bit worried or a bit frustrated or low in confidence and you're thinking about, oh, you know, I'm not feeling confident right now. This isn't great. As opposed to what's in front of you, then your attention is already gone and then you're likely to have a worse performance. So what I focus a lot more on is helping people accept that you're not going to feel great either. And how many athletes do you know feel 100% all the time but still perform well? And it's a lot like a lot of athletes will not feel well. Like an example is a lot of athletes will go to the gym and have training sessions. And then a few days later, then they need to perform a match. They're not going to be feeling ready because they'll physically feel sore because their muscles will be a bit sore because they've been used. But that doesn't stop them from performing and they don't focus on that. Because if you start focusing on it, then you're going to behave a bit differently. So what I focus more on is, okay, let's accept these emotions, let's accept these thoughts, and let's move into focusing back again onto the task. And this isn't like a magic bullet or one size fits all. It's, it's just a case of developing that skill of let me be aware of what I'm feeling right now. Let me not ignore it. And then let me help myself focus back again to the task. Yeah, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think yeah. in terms of FIFA esports in particular, that's the esport that I'm most familiar with. And yeah. you often hear, don't you, like with even within competitions on live streams and stuff where players will say out loud or... You know, the game's got it in for me. Oh, the game's yeah. terrible. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they'll talk about, oh, I've been done. There's nothing I can do. The game's against me. That You know, those kind of, I'm sure you've heard that all before within, oh, within FIFA. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, is that is that is that something that is like a self-defense mechanism almost, that players want to blame the game rather than themselves? Or is that is that too harsh? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So to an extent, so if we look at, there's like research into... Attribution, which basically means um, the reasons to which you give your performances, your performance success or failures. So if you can give it to something that's outside of you and something that's maybe less controllable, then it, makes, it basically protects your ego and it protects your confidence in a way. Um, but at times, don't get me wrong, at times, you know, your performance is due to the game being FIFA so FIFA being FIFA yeah. right at times just <laughs> yeah, calling yeah. a spade a spade yeah. however um, it's also it's also at times I think it's sometimes a bit harsh to say oh, okay you can't keep playing the game because you can imagine people are playing for like this is their livelihood right and when something happens that's out of your control you can easily focus on it 
but also you think that's not the most adaptive way to move forward because things will happen out of your control on a daily basis. The more you focus on it, you can't do anything about it. And as obvious as it is, it's a case of control the controllables. So a better approach is to acknowledge, yeah, the game did have a part to play in it. That's fine. However, there's also aspects of my performance. Like I didn't perform perfectly. If I performed perfectly, I'll still be scoring in some cases, or I would have had maybe more opportunities to create. So what I push forward more is what's accurate and what's true, because our thoughts aren't always as true as we think it is. You know, just because you think something doesn't mean it's true. Like you actually need to look back and see where's the evidence that supports this. So when you actually start going through that process as opposed to blaming, then you can do something that helps you adapt a bit further in, in a way. How do, you, how do you approach the element of luck? Because FIFA esports is one of those where, I mean, it's in every esport and in every traditional sport, the element of luck, isn't it? And yeah. sometimes you're just unlucky and there's, there's nothing you can do to control it. I mean, if you look at, I don't know, let's look at, when Liverpool nearly won the title uh, under yeah. Brennan Rodgers, when yeah. Stephen Gerrard slipped, slipped and Denver yeah. Bar ran on and scored, and that was pretty much the end of their title challenge. Yeah. Um, how do you approach that with players? Because sometimes just things can just happen, can't they? How do you how do you approach that with players when they're when they're down about things like that after a performance? Is is there something that you have to? You ha- is it something you have to talk them through and make them understand, or is there anything more you can do? Um, I think as soon as it happens, um, what I've learned as well is just let them process it at that point. You know, it, I think no matter who it is, let's say something just happened and it's, it was a very meaningful event and someone's going to you like, don't worry, it's okay. They'll be, they'll, they'll be very pissed um, at you in a way because they'll be like, I don't need to hear that right now. You know, let me, let me just process what's going on because at times we can be irrational and um, we won't think in the best ways, but they need to be open to listening first. And I don't think after an event's just happened, they're open to it. I think more of the cases, if it's maintaining now, and if they're constantly going back of, oh, I'm just never lucky and this sucks, right? It's now a case of helping them now go through the process of what are you thinking? What's the content of your thoughts? First of all, where's the evidence behind that that was the reason to it? And also, importantly, get them to say, all right, where is this belief or where is this thought getting you in general? That's, that seems to be, in, the, in my experiences, um, the, the, uh, the nail in the coffin to help them realize, you know, I'm literally getting nothing from this, right? Because luck is luck. Like, the reason why it's called luck is because you can't control it. And the powers that be will do whatever they want. So at times, by helping them understand, okay, where is this belief of, oh, I'm just never lucky and, you know, this game's against me. Where is that actually getting you as a performer? And realize that that just leads to either frustration or more stress or low confidence because you're focusing on it, then we can start looking at, okay, what? let's make a list of what we can control and what can we do about it. For example, pre-game routines we can control. We can control how we react to conceding a goal. We can use pauses at certain points too to help ourselves mentally reset and go back into the game. We can control maybe certain passes. We can't control what animation the game does or whether there's glitches in the game, but we can control at least what we choose to do at that point. And it's always a conversation of, are you reacting or are you responding? Reacting is emotional. Responding is more methodical in a way and more rational. And we want to move from being more reactionary people or emotional people to more rational and more responsive people. 
how strong do you have to be to be an esports athlete? I'm not, I'm not talking physical strength because yeah. you, obviously there's you talk about physical exertion and that's within the sport definition, but physical exertion could be concentration and mental agility and all that kind of stuff. But how how strong mentally do you have to be to be an esports athlete? And do, do people would people be surprised at how strong these players actually are? Yeah, I think with um. So mental strength for me is always a bit of a sticky one because it's a bit of like an umbrella term when it comes down to there's so many different characteristics or attributes that make up for it. But I think in terms of, I guess, maybe the common definition of being mentally strong, of you know being able to persevere, persist, um, even through difficulty, I think you have to be. Because esports, you're playing on a virtu- in a virtual environment. So you have less control of what actually goes on within this virtual environment than, let's say, physically. Because physically, you execute and you move your arm, your arm moves, right? As opposed to in some games, you, you put a command and you press a button to move the person and either there's a glitch, it lags, or just, just, doesn't, just doesn't do it, right, at that point. So I think there's a certain level of perseverance that you really need um, as an esports athlete and as a performer that, you know, without it, I think it's easy just to run dry. And I think that's even more so within FIFA. Like, you need to be able to persistently still play and also play weekend league um deal with disconnections deal with maybe travel as well and i had one player who who was um far from their family a lot because they were doing well which is a good thing right but they're also far from their family because they're traveling to events and so on so being able to deal with that too um and that's also something that's been dealt with obviously within traditional sports within international games and so on but you know having that aspect to you having to put in the hours having to deal with Twitter as well and the somewhat toxicity that comes behind being more of an esport athlete too. And, you know, because people are anonymous on Twitter, they can just say whatever they want to at times. Um, dealing with fans, dealing with um, organisation stress as well, being quite young and also having that pressure on you. Um, and also, like, when, when you're 16, you don't normally think about, oh, like, a $3 million um, dollar, dollar winnings or you don't think about... Um, you know, the stress of an organization, you don't think about streaming, you don't think about contracts, you know, as, as a normal 16-year-old, you have to, as a normal 16-year-old, you just think about, you know, whether you're going to be playing a certain game at night, maybe, you know, playing a little bit of Fortnite just for fun with your friends before going to school the next day. But as an esport athlete, being so young, you have to actually deal with that and contracts and dealing with parents and also dealing with fans that you wouldn't be exposed to as much. So I think there's definitely a, a high certain strength that you need to be able to persist and really manage it. But I think there's a gap. Like people, I think more athletes need to know how to manage things well because you want to thrive. You don't want to just survive in a way. So you don't just be going through the motions. You want to feel like you're actually progressing in a way and you also have time to just live a life. Um, but I know I'm rambling on a bit, but yeah, there's, there's, I think there's a lot. But in a nutshell, I think being an esport athlete, you do need to be strong and persistent and First thing that helps you with it is obviously either having a lifestyle coach, um, people who specifically take uh, who focus on that, or essentially working with a psychologist or a mental coach to help address those psychological needs to help you reach that balance and to help you with your well-being. Because as as a mental coach, I have a duty of care too. I take care of the person, being that if they have any issues, whether that's borderline clinical issues, I can refer them to someone who can address that issue whether that's with um, just daily life stuff too or helping them set certain habits that are really good for them, this is where I come into really good use. And these are skills that more esports athletes need to obviously develop 
to help them deal with the pressures and the stress of being maybe well-known or, or being an esport athlete. Maybe mentally strong was the wrong term, so apologies. I, I, I was just trying to... I, no, I okay. think you knew what I meant, but... I, I knew what you meant, to, yeah. Yeah, just in terms <laughs> of the the kind of what esports athletes have to go through. I was just trying yeah. to convey that a bit more, but um, I was wondering as well from your perspective and your experience. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at from the stereotypical point of view, people might say it might have helped esports athletes, but obviously with lockdown um, yeah. this year, this the last 12 months have been so strange for everyone throughout the world. Sorry. And yeah. we've, we've seen it, you know, affect every single country in the world, really um, mm-hmm. mainly. So, how how have how has that affected esports athletes? Is there anything you've had to do differently in terms of people spending more time on their own, and have you had to do things slightly differently to help them through this period? Yeah, it's been um. So I think the biggest factor it's helping them. I guess try to, basically in psychology we have this um we have like three basic needs right, the need to be competent, the needs to have control, and also the need to basically kind of be related or be around people. So the need to be around people is the one that's been very severely um, uh, severely not met in a way because obviously being isolated, you can't really meet many people. You can meet them online, but it's not physical. And you've also been robbed of your control because you can't control a lot more. You don't have a range of control. Like the saying is, although I didn't want to go meet with people because I chose not to, at least I had the choice not to do it. In this case, you're forced not to do it. So what I've realize now it's taking an approach of what are certain things that we can do to add some variation in your day so you can choose you have a bit more choice in what you do um for example like either getting some coloring books or you know downloading some ant stop animations that you can try and you know just develop a skill in or learning a certain craft that's different to gaming and also trying to address that relatedness so relatedness is the need to be around people but trying to address that with you know the standard zoom quizzes or with um, maybe just walking around and having phone calls with people too, um, obviously within the within the guidelines of or within the COVID guidelines at least, like trying to address it. So I found recently it's been a case of how do we help people still interact with other people and not feel isolated um, as players, and how do we also add some variation in a day as opposed to wake up, play games, sleep, wake up, play games. This monotonous um, or monotonous. Uh, pattern that people go through like we need variation as people so it's been now a case of addressing the broader psychological needs as opposed to just being a performer and how do we play our best at that time because your personal life will now impact um your fifa life in a way you you mentioned it um about kind of people having to to you can play with people online can't you like xbox parties and stuff like that and i think that's been that's been one of the the, the main highlights really in terms of gaming over the last 12 months and people have kind of recognised just how important it is especially to young people as well because I mean I'm going to sound really old but like you know back in my day I mean yeah. we went and played football or we went and played tennis or whatever but obviously now yeah. we can't um, because the guidelines don't allow for, for sport as of yet anyway so mm people have been spending more time like i know personally i've been like playing games with people that i've not really spoke to in ages and trying to reconnect with people and going in like you know doing like quads on Warzone and just yeah trying to have fun i mean how big how big a thing has that been for people the fact that you can you can socialize online even though they're not there physically you yeah. can socialize using gaming how how important has that been to 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 you and to other esports athletes as well? I think it's just been huge, really. Um, 
Yeah, the, honestly, I think within the first lockdown too, like so many people were online and playing games with each other. And um, now obviously with Netflix Party being there too, and so you can just watch as well and just be around with your friends, um, Zoom quizzes, and obviously referring back to what you mentioned about the, the games, I think, it's, I think without it, we probably would have been in a worse position. Um, although it's a bold statement, this is obviously my opinion, but because you can think about how we'll be stuck inside and, you know, with within these four walls and within whoever you've been lucky or unlucky to have around in your house, you know, there would have been less of an escape in a way. So I think having these games has been actually really helpful. And I remember in the first lockdown, just playing Warzone a lot too. And that's, that's also helped like being able to talk to friends um, as well. And people just outside of my house too is just something refreshing and a different perspective. So I think it's really had a, a good base effect, which is contrary, I guess, to the, um, opinion of games and how useful games are because games also do help with social skills funnily enough there are research saying that it does help with the development of social behaviors so if anything this has kind of supported the use of games and the benefit of having games yeah just to clarify as well um, we're talking about just general gaming here for for kind of leisure and enjoyment and escapism rather than esports which is the you know you competing um, as a sport against other people for you know money or prizes or whatever it may be so there's a, there's a massive distinction between those two things and I think you know games in general um, it's something I've always been passionate about and it's something I've always gone to whether it be football manager which I can I can spend months at a time in just embedded <laughs> yeah. into it into a, into a save whatever or whether it's a game like I don't know when I was younger Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time was, was yeah. my I mean I played hours and days and months of that game and i mean games like that just gives you like an escape i suppose from yeah day-to-day life and gives you that enjoyment and and discovery that you normally would have in real life but obviously you can't during this time so it gives you that element of going out and and going to new places i suppose but within a virtual environment so i think it's been it's been great for people so i just wanted to touch on one one final thing and um i'm going to try not to i'm going to try and like pretend that it's not really for me um (laughs) because it is really for me so we talked a lot about esports athletes but there might be people listening here who are just you know fifa players or you know fortnite players or call of duty players who play with their mates who want to improve themselves and who want to get better and who you know play weekend league and only get gold one or gold two whatever and they want to get elite or whether it's you know call of duty warzone they want to win a few more games and get a few more kills or whatever yeah are there any kind of tips that you would give to you know amateur gamers if you can call them that how they can improve their performance is there any small details that that they can do now that would help them improve their performance yeah i think definitely uh, probably the first go and the the main one that you see in a lot of research within esports is always like goal setting first of all like actually being able to set good goals so not saying oh you know i just want to be better in the game actually what do you need to be better in the game for and what specific um, behaviors need to be for. So what helps with that is this thing called a performance profile. So basically what it is, you're sitting down and you're thinking, okay, what makes an, either an elite player or a good player in this game? And listing out the qualities that they have. So this could be mental, it could be technical, it could be strategic, and so on. So basically making a list of these qualities. And then from that, obviously defining what these qualities are, so you just know and you're a bit clear on what, what these qualities are. Um, and then from there, rating yourself currently, where are you from 0 to 10 and possessing it? So 0 being none at all, 
possessing 10 being possessing it to the highest degree and then you're rating yourself there now you need to think what are things that are preventing me from performing well um, or from being a bit higher in this rating so this could be a case of maybe a mental aspect or frustration or it could be um, in terms of I'm trying to think of an example um, I'm thinking it could be let's say a technical issue of um, let's say not being able to read plays a bit well right and um, you know so on and so forth so basically start getting a list on each quality you write down what are the barriers that prevent me from getting better and then next you think okay what are solutions that I can do so a lot of the time we're actually a lot smarter than we think um, in a way so it's just a case of actually sitting down and taking the time to think about this but now think about okay what are some solutions that will help me improve my rating so if I was to wake up let's say a month in a month's time what would have happened that has helped me get better or you can imagine you have this um this person you have a time machine a month from the future and i've come back to the past to say okay if you want to get better in um fifa this is what you need to do xyz what would that xyz be and then from that and then in these solutions bits you're starting to create little goals that help you and then what you start wanting to identify now is okay this is a little thing i can do now let's say on a weekly basis or on a daily basis or maybe on a monthly basis, this is what I can do to improve. And actually setting effective goals that are specific, you can measure it because a lot of people don't actually make it measurable. It's very like generic, so you want to be able to measure the goal too to see whether you're going uh, closer to it or away from it. You want it to be obviously achievable and also have a certain time you want to do it by. And at the end of the day, goals aren't, it's not like an easy road. It's a case of what's the obstacle and then what's the solution. So think about once again, What's a barrier? And then how do I overcome that barrier? And normally just from going to this simple goal setting process, you're able to, you know, actually have things in place like a blueprint of how I can progress in a way. So um, uh, I know that's probably a little bit more um, that, than, than was expected, uh, but that's something that's more practical in terms of building skills, not only mentally, but it could also be in terms of strategy and also like mechanics and, you know, developing skill moves and so on within a certain game. No, that was great. I mean, I've definitely taken note of that just for myself personally. I mean, just <laughs> off the top of my head, if someone was, you know, conceding counter-attacking goals a lot on FIFA or if they were, you know, not very good at maybe, you know, short to mid-range combat on Warzone, you know, just yeah. off the top of my head, no one, I'm not talking just for a friend. I'm talking yeah. about a friend, really. <laughs> um, you'd basically recognise, you'd have to recognise what you're not very good at first and yeah. then work towards and then once you've got that you work towards how can I improve on, on these certain aspects and then yeah, yeah. Oh, okay that makes sense well, yeah yeah, um, yeah like you wouldn't you wouldn't start you wouldn't start driving off summer without knowing where you need to go right so that's, yeah well not normally no that's not normally no. I mean you can <laughs> if you want to just go go just on a drive but normally if you're you're looking to go somewhere you need to know where the destination is first of all, and also where you are currently, so you can actually find a route there. So that's basically what it is. You need to find what route from where you are to where you need to be. And I think people lack or may forget that step, although it's quite obvious, but you know, we, we, we do forget things. And I, I know I've done the same thing too. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm perfect in any way. So yeah, just actually having a route that you can set at least of where can I go and what do I need to do in between to get me to that destination. That's great. I mean, I'm definitely going to listen back to this and and try and put 
put some some work into you know where I need to improve on certain things. Yeah. Not not because I'm going to put massive amount of time because I'm not, but yeah. I mean, just it would just be nice, you know, to get a few more kills on Warzone or to contribute a bit more or exactly. you know to concede a few a few less goals. Really, just for for my personal enjoyment. So yeah, I'll be I'll be def- I'll definitely be be getting on that. But Edgar, it's been amazing talking to you about this been a because. Pleasure. It's something that I've often talked about with no credentials um, at all. So it's good that, you know, to have someone on who's an expert in the field and who can talk me through these issues and talk our listeners through the issues as well, because I'm sure they're, you know, they're listening intently about this as well, because it affects everyone, doesn't it? That The psychology yeah. of of sport and esports and it can it can filter into daily life as well. These kind yeah. of behaviors and patterns and things. So, uh, yeah, it's been it's been great. But. Um, I mean, for people who don't already follow you or don't already aren't already already familiar with your work, um, do you just want to tell people a bit more about yourself and your website and your brand? And you've got a book coming out as well, haven't you? you yeah. Mentioned. So um, yeah. So um, I guess in relation to the book, it's less sports psychology related, but it's more um, just it's more motivational in a way, where it's just a collection of wise words and like good instructions and you know quotes from people like. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, even Stormzy, Maya Angelou, um, you know, different people and different black icons from around the world and their words of wisdom in a way to kind of help guide people who are either black or just anyone in general, right, who want to, you know, see or to listen to some, like I said, wise words from black icons in a way. Um, but that's, that's, I think it's being published on the 11th. Um, but yeah, but that's something that I've been really proud of, just something to give my nephews and nieces and hopefully future children as well is just something of you know wise words to help them like through their journey in life and something that will help them either when they're down or if they're feeling motivated to um to complete a task or to follow their dreams in a way but i guess a bit more about me so my company is psych check so psych check and um you can basically see me on basically all the socials but i mainly use twitter and instagram um for now so under psych underscore check and with there, I put like a lot of um, just content, my thoughts. I think my Instagram's more now about my journey or my experiences as a, as a mental coach and my journey in sports psychology. Um, but on my website, basically, it's, there's a lot of content there where there's infographics, blogs, um, infographics, blogs, videos, and podcasts, and this is more with traditional sport athletes. So looking to talk with, so I've been talking with, like Olympic athletes, CrossFit athletes, and international athletes too, and really unpicking their psychology. Oh, I'm also on Spotify uh, with with the podcast as well under Psych Check too. So Psych Check is also spelled P S Y C H dash C H E K. And um, yeah, with podcasts on Spotify, it's my thoughts. I look into beliefs, look into confidence, anxiety, and also that's where some podcasts as well that I have with with these Olympic and t- Olympic and international athletes are. Um, and yeah, I also do blogs as well for psychology today. So basically type in esports psychology or the psychology of esports in psychology today. And that I have like seven, seven blogs and articles that I co-blog with a lecturer in esports psychology and sports psychology called Phil Birch. And um, yeah, that's, I guess, a little whistle-stop tour of the one of many things that I do. But um, basically my goal is just to help people understand a bit more about their psychology and to know that it's not this mystery. There's research and there's science behind it. And I, I just want to be able to at least tell people a little bit more about it and tell them that it's not just sitting down and talking about your relationship with your mother and your father and talking about your feelings. It's so much more. 
um, to that. And it's a field that's always expanding. So if you know any psychologists or esport people who are interested in esport psychology, just definitely talk about it and you know know a little bit more about the the mental side of just the field and the industry and gaming. And if if like esports organisations or athletes are listening, can they get in touch and see if they can they can work with you in the future? Is that something you yeah. you're open to? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, my email is edgar at psych checkcouk um, and then yeah, I'm just contactable through there, or just follow me on Instagram or I guess mainly on Twitter. I think a lot of esports organisations just use Twitter uh, more than anything. So like I said, on Twitter, just psych underscore check. And then, um, yeah, I'll be there. And then you can also see some content that I've created too. Or just go on the website and then you have a lot of things that you can see. And my contact details are there too. What about if you're just struggling on a weekend league? Can someone email you and say, Edgar, <laughs> mate, please, can you just coach me for a weekend? Or do... <laughs> Again, I'm, asking for a friend. Uh, asking not for asking, a friend. Yeah, I'm not asking for me. I'm asking for a friend. But... I'm, I'm, I'm less available for that. But okay. I know um, there's there's a lot of um, sports psychology students and people on, basically, I'm on the same pathway. So it's called um, BASIS, which is the British Association of Sport and Exercise Sciences. And we're under this sports psychology training route. So basically getting in contact with people on that pathway um, is useful because a lot of people would just be interested in just getting their or dipping their toes into the esports pool. So it's probably worth looking into them or just contacting a university that has a sports psychology course. I think they'll have, they'll, I think they'll be happy to try and get you in contact with someone that can help and probably for free too. So which, which is always nice um, to have because obviously they're gaining experience and gaining to understand the industry and the demands of the esport a bit more so. If anyone else as well is looking for support within Weekend League, either go on Twitter, maybe go on Reddit, or um, more specifically, just contact a university that has a sports psychology degree there, and then they'll probably have someone for you that would be willing to help. No, so I'll tell my mate that. Uh, yeah, tell your mate can, that one. Yeah, they can, they can look into that a bit more. But Edgar, <laughs> it's been amazing to chat to you, and I really appreciate you, you spending all this time with me because it's been amazing to talk about you know the psychology and the, the mental performance behind esports. I think it's something that really needs to be talked about more because that's, that's the... That's what esports and, and and traditional sports share most, and they have what have they have most in common. And I think if we educate more people around this fact, then esports can become, you know, maybe a sport in its own right to a lot more people. And you know, if 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 you know esports want to be wants to be on its own and not within a the sport, then that's fine. But I think it just needs we need more education around this because it's not just you know young lads playing games till the early hours and not caring and getting up at one. They're serious athletes, the majority of yeah. them, and they put a lot of hard work into it to improve themselves. So, yeah, um, really appreciate you coming on. It's my pleasure, honestly, and I wish you all the best in your future career and um, we'll hope to speak to you soon on a future podcast yes, if you yeah. get you back on to, to chat a bit more. But Always queen. Thank you very much. Good to know. Thanks, Thanks Thank you for listening to Level Up, the esports and gaming show. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and please leave us a rating and review. You can also follow us on Twitter at Level Up Pod, where you'll find all of our previous episodes and information about how to subscribe. We'll be back with a brand new episode very soon. <laughs>